0: Welcome to Transformed, the podcast where we explore how God is continuing to transform us each and every day. We believe transformation to be a dynamic and ever-present work that is offered to all of us. In his letter to the Roman church, Paul tells them, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So would we today open our minds to the possibilities that God envisions for us, our communities, and our world? Welcome to Transform. Well, hello again, Stu. Great to be here. Yes, I love Holy Week. Yeah, Holy Week. This is a significant week for a number of reasons we'll talk about, but um, just curious, like from your own experience, what's, what was maybe one of your
1: earliest memories of Holy Week? Oh wow. Uh, as a pastor or as growing up. Growing up. You know, growing up, we didn't really do Holy Week uh, very intentionally. We had a Good Friday service hmm. and we had Easter Sunday. But, you know, for example, you know, the the two was almost the same service, just repeat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's not until I kind of started to appreciate what Holy Week really is seeking to do is actually take us through that journey, right? Beginning yeah. with Palm Sunday of what the last yeah. days of Christ's earthly life, in some ways, you know, before his death, looked like. And so, so yeah, so, uh, you know, it's it, as a pastor, it's very different. It's the high point of our Christian year yeah. is this week. But, you know, it's been a journey to get here, right? Mm-hmm. Through Lent, so, yeah. I don't know if I if I have any particular memory that jumps out at me, yeah but, yeah. yeah,
0: it is interesting sometimes I, your comment about they're one in the same. I think we'll we'll talk about this a little bit this morning, but um, I have been a part of a number of traditions experiences where Good Friday almost felt like a it's like a pre easter right? You know, it's like let's just get ourselves ready and excited so that when Easter comes, we're ready for it. But I, I think, as you mentioned, I mean Holy Week, you know, for those listening that don't know, Holy Week starts with Palm Sunday, which we had this mm-hmm. last Sunday. and man, that, that that was parade, fun. that parade did not disappoint. It was awesome.. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you missed if you missed Sunday service, go online, go to our YouTube channel or website and yeah. and, and just watch that service. It yeah, it was amazing. yeah.
0: yeah, and so it starts with that and then tells a story, you yeah. know, of the final days of Jesus life. And so from his entry into Jerusalem, um, to different moments that are marked throughout the week to ultimately his death and then ending with his resurrection. And I think there's this, there's this emerging question I get a lot, um, especially as a pastor as I like lead people through these things, is why do we focus on anything really but the resurrection? You know, right. Easter Easter's like this climactic day, but right. I think there's always this tension if when we focus on the things came before, People, can, people have given me this kind of reason before saying, well, that's, Jesus has raised from the dead, so we don't need to focus on those things mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So I would maybe just ask, we'll read our text here in just a moment, but why do you think the whole story matters of Holy Week?
1: I think because, uh, because the Incarnation, oh, you know, well, let's, let's back Yeah, on. what do you mean by that, Stuart? Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, the way in which God chooses to save us is to so identify with us through the person of christ Hmm. Uh, and the incarnation is kind of this the theological word we use to explain that god has become flesh
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and the question is why right like and the why is really because god comes in such a way not only to relate to us but to show us what it means to be truly human Mm-hmm. and to still please our creator. Hmm. And in identifying with us, uh, Christ identifies with the real experience of our lives. Uh, the temptation narrative, you know, that he went through uh, kind of gives us the sense that, yeah, he understands how what it's like to deal with the pressures and the temptations uh, that we encounter. But also... Um, you know, the incarnation teaches us then that God understands death. Yeah. He understands loss. Um He understands what that does to us. Um and I think there's just in, in a simple way, perhaps the incarnation helps us to understand that God has become like us in every way. And I think I think for that reason we we stand in awe at a God who would give up uh, the power and the authority in some ways to become like us in order to show us yeah. how we can live a, a life that is pleasing to the Father and trust that the Father will ultimately resurrect us. Yeah. You're not the best answer, but there you no. go. That's all I have for you. Yeah, a, I think that's good on I, a
0: Tuesday. I, I think that, um, yeah, the story of Jesus. You know, we recognize it as we profess it to be like historical account. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, this is more than just a story, mm-hmm. but points towards a, a kind of base human experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's often been my response to people when we, when there's maybe, and maybe more so in the traditions we've been a part of an uncomfortableness with Holy Week, um, particularly in like more maybe evangelical Protestant traditions. Mm -hmm. We're we're not as familiar with some of these celebrations. But I think all the different markers in the week, so starting with Palm Sunday, it's an experience that Jesus had, but it also points to what you were saying, what it means to be truly human in the world. Mm -hmm. And so Palm Sunday being this invitation to humility, Mm -hmm. you know, amidst power. Mm -hmm. Um, Monday Thursday is like this recognition of this moment in which Jesus like washed his disciples' feet, Mm -hmm. Um, a posture of service and humility. And um, then Good Friday is this recognition that while Jesus both, Jesus did die, there's also an understanding of actual pain and loss. Mm -hmm. And so we can then, I think, participate in those stories by just genuinely acknowledging that there are moments where we need to be humble Moments where we need to learn to serve. There's mm-hmm. moments where uh, pain just feels too heavy to give, to have words to describe. Mm-hmm. And then there's also moments where new life is experienced. That's right. And so those stories, we tell them every year as a way to continue to form us. That yeah. I, there's no, there's no surprises in right. the Holy Week story for me. In some right. sense, I know the story. I've grown right. up with it. Going into this week for our Good Friday service, as I'm like prepping for our reading of the Passion narrative, I'm like, oh, I know how the story ends, but at the same time, as I'm reading it, it's doing something to me, because I'm remembering, oh, these were there were people that Jesus lived amongst that mm-hmm. betrayed him, mm-hmm. yet he still died for them. Mm-hmm. What does that teach me about what it means to be a human, like in relation to other people around me? Right. There's people that betray me. Right. There's people that don't do justice uh, towards me, that hurt me, right. um, that don't live up to the expectations that I might have for them, yet at the same time, Jesus still loves those people. Mm-hmm. And and that invites me, in some ways, to my own sort of Holy Week, like mm-hmm. that, that the way I live my life might enact the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the stories of Jesus.
1: Yeah, no, true. Absolutely. You, you had a much better answer to it, <laughs> for that question. Yeah. I, th- I think that uh, a few things is, is maybe helpful to people who are or are not familiar with tradition, Christian mm-hmm. tradition in a positive or have a positive association with it. Some people are, you know, they, 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 they you know, as you said, may come out of the evangelical movement, the church movement. And in some in some parts of the evangelical world, uh, things like this are not the, you know days like monday thursday yeah. we probably should unpack what that means or <laughs> yeah. you know good friday or we use the word tenebrae service all those things sound foreign or but but really tradition here is trying to shape us towards walking with christ yeah. to the cross and then walking you know beyond the tomb into resurrection and if it helps somebody listening today to kind of go, is there room for me to kind of expand or be shaped more by the story of Jesus? That's what the Christian calendar is about. Yeah. That's that's what we're trying to do at Skyview is we're trying to follow not the Hallmark calendar, yeah. but kind of the, the life of Christ and the birth of the church. And this is kind of the high point for us as Christians. We culminate on Resurrection Sunday, but not without learning how to work to follow Jesus. So so if discipleship in Matthew's gospel in particular Mm -hmm. is about following, then we have to follow him all the way, right? Through the desert temptation and wilderness, all the way to Golgotha and then beyond. And so maybe it helps some folks just to realize that these things that might feel weird or strange to them is actually deeply rooted in a in a perspective of discipleship that yeah. is about following jesus yeah you know and and so on so yeah yeah
0: okay. an author we talk about a lot is james smith um a book he talks about the the habit forming right because his habits are um he uses this phrase they're caught not taught mm-hmm. so in some ways to talk about the process of discipleship that We're really, we're overly cerebral, maybe in the way that we think about how we form ourselves. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to unpack that a little bit, we, when we followed, we decide to follow Jesus, we say, well, it's, it's about me primarily knowing things. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to read more. I'm going to listen to good sermons. I'm going to like attend a good Bible study, and then I will be, therefore, I'll be closer to Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: James Smith would argue the alternate, that instead the way, like that the cerebral matters, but the way that we're formed to be more like Jesus is actually in the way we experience things. Mm-hmm. And so when we hear these stories, they should be, like, we should allow them to do something to mm-hmm. us. So mm-hmm. even as I was reading this week, you know, last week for our Good Friday service, we read through, we read through the Passion Narrative every year, and we read through John's Gospel, this year, reading through Matthew's account. And in Matthew's account, there's a particular emphasis on um, Peter and Judas mm-hmm. and both of their stories. Mm-hmm. Stories that, like, even growing up, probably kind of ignored because I'd rather identify with Jesus. But these two men stand as, as witnesses to both the faithfulness and unfaithfulness that a disciple can, can embody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, as I was reading through this story, like, even just in my office by myself, Judas's story was doing something to me that I Mm -hmm. didn't know how to describe because it told a story of somebody who I could tell genuinely wanted to follow Jesus Mm -hmm. and yet was caught up in something bigger than himself Mm -hmm. uh, and made decisions counter Mm -hmm. to the ways of Jesus, but at the same time shows deep remorse for this. Like So this story where he goes back and he throws these silver coins back at their feet and says, I don't want that anymore, and then ultimately would end in Judas' suicide. Mm-hmm. That like that story is it was doing something to me because it was bringing up all these memories of regret, times in my life where i where I did things, probably knowing the ramifications they would have but but pushing those to the side mm-hmm. and then this moment of facing like the consequences of my actions and mm-hmm. just throwing like this thing that felt valuable that I gained mm-hmm. all of a sudden feeling cheap and meaningless right and That's the, I think that's the way that I describe this sort of tradition to people is Mm -hmm. that it, it can feel stale to some, you know, they say, well, you just, you tell the same story every year. Like, yeah, I tell the same story every year because it's so rich and does something to me, um, that I can't quite explain or describe. And so as we sit, you know, we'll sit here this week, um, for our Good Friday service, we do what's called a Tenebrae service. Mm -hmm. It's really just tenebrae is just a fancy latin word for shadows and so it just means a service of darkness and something i was exposed to when i was um, in university and kind of a a service that um, centers around the passion narrative has a lot of light when you walk in and then is interspersed with song and poetry and different things as the service goes on candles become extinguished and culminating in the extinguishing of the christ candle and there's something about that service that I can't say is enjoyable or good, but it's so incredibly meaningful to me every single year.
1: Why do you think that is though? Is is it because of the honesty of it? Like does does a service that culminates with what historically could be could be considered to be failure of a yeah. movement. <laughs> yeah, the, that's the death of yeah. a messiah, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, hmm. I mean, I, I want to push you a little bit. You yeah. always ask hard questions, but why? Why? Why you would can ask you ask hard questions yeah. of me?
0: Yeah, I, yeah, that's a great question. I, I think because it feels, it feels honest. Mm-hmm. And you use that word, honest, in the sense that it puts it all out there. Um, there's nothing. While it is a while it is service of darkness, there's nothing hidden in some ways because the darkness is brought to the surface. And so in, those, in that service, I always am confronted with the things that I would rather ignore. I don't like darkness a lot. I mean, I, I love the sun. We're like just loving the fact that the sun is staying up longer and longer every day. <laughs> but yeah. facing darkness is, I think every year becomes a more important practice for me because it allows me to it allows me to like fully accept that which binds me, so I can faithfully give it to Christ. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't even know how to name the things that bind me, it's hard to be free from them. Wow. And oh. so in a in a service such as this, as I watch the candle essentially suffocate, like it's an incredibly emotional experience. Um. Yeah, I I I'm brought to this place that just says I've let. I've let this darkness consume me and I don't want to anymore. Hmm. Um, and I don't know, I mean, maybe that's not, I don't know if that's the full answer, but that's yeah, know what I'm thinking at
1: the moment. Yeah. I think for me, it's, it's, it's simply that uh, a service like that reminds me, it, it makes me love Jesus more. First mm. of all, that's what I would say. Because we tend to kind of rob Jesus of his humanity. Yeah. Uh, as evangelical Christians in particular, yeah. you know, we want to praise the divine side of <laughs> Jesus, but we don't really know what to do with the human side. And it's the human side of Christ that most most grabs me. Yeah. You know, I get emotional thinking about Jesus praying in the garden of Gethsemane, and we always think that somehow his divinity won out and it wasn't <laughs> really that he didn't want to go through with it, yeah. you know, and he was like if there's any way, Father, and so for me, Good Friday feels like this reminder that Christ willingly gave himself uh, in obedience to the Father. Uh, and, and it was costly. It was hard. It was difficult. Um, it was painful. Yeah. Um, people don't enjoy watching The Passion of the Christ, which is now, I don't know how old that is, but you know... Yeah. Uh, and I think primarily part of it is because it forces us to, to, to look at Jesus through a human lens. Yeah. And when you begin to look at Jesus through a human lens, that undoes, undoes so much. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, God is tangible, mm-hmm. relatable. Um, God knows pain. And, and I'm getting a little bit more theological yeah. here, but you know what I mean? This yeah. is, so for me, a Good Friday service is one of the most important services because it brings me to the foot of the cross of a man who gave his life willingly yeah. in submission to the Father, trusting yeah. in the Father's resurrecting power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: mean, and to push a little deeper, I get myself in trouble with this one, but I think it probably reveals, I remember a conversation I had with a parishioner once in a previous ministry assignment, and I mean, she genuinely loved the Lord, wanted to understand, and wanted mm-hmm. to wanted to follow Jesus faithfully, but after a Good Friday service, was just, yeah, really, I think, troubled by the fact that there was emphasis put on Christ's death, because mm-hmm. she knew, well, Christ was raised from the dead. Right. And it reminded me of this story last week when we were talking about um, the people that like we're praising Jesus as he's riding into the city, trying to like praise him into the kind of Messiah they wanted him to be. And in some ways, I think that's the way we would rather tell the story, in, more probably in the Western world um, than, than other parts of the world, because deep down, I think there's just this desire to have control. Mm-hmm. And so we want, we want Jesus to be a kind of Jesus that controls the world into the way that we think it needs to be. And, but a Jesus that goes to the cross and dies is not one that has power mm-hmm. in, in the traditional sense, mm-hmm. is not the kind of power that maybe we would we would understand. But then on Easter, may, there's, there's maybe this temptation to say, "Well, it's OK because he rose from the dead, so now he's back in power." But I think Good Friday is, is an important part of the story because it reminds us the power and influence that Jesus has over the world is not and will never be the kind of power and influence that perhaps we are tempted to want to follow. Oh, wow, yeah. And I, and, and I struggle with that because the times that I wish the world was different, <laughs> I, I want to tell the story as if it's just maybe the triumphal entry and Easter Sunday. Yeah. I don't want Good Friday as a part of the story because that, that requires me to let go of power and control over other people. and and that's a hard way to live yeah but i also don't know how to read the story any differently because that's the story presented so so would you
1: would you would you say then that that kind of good friday service is is taking us from palm sunday to the place where we don't want to go we want to we yeah. want to go past Golgotha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- those who praised with palms, you know, we know also probably was a part of the crowds who called for his crucifixion. But there is, a there, there, maybe from a narrative perspective, to help some people is like, okay, where is all of this going? Uh, is to kind of think about how that Christ could only be truly seen and understood through his suffering days. Yeah, yeah and and i wonder if if those who seek to follow jesus follow only a perspective of jesus when we are not willing to go and sit yeah before the one who was crucified yeah Um, so maybe maybe another theological reason for
0: we can't see jesus outside of his crucifixion yeah that i mean that's what i'll throw another theological term at you this was like Mark scholars will talk about the messianic secret, Why? you know, all these moments where Jesus says, Don't tell anybody. <laughs> and I remember as a kid being like, Does Jesus want it like trying to be in hiding? Like, and then they all go off and tell, you know. Mm-hmm. But most Mark scholars would suggest that this is more Jesus saying that you won't, people won't understand who I am until they've seen me on the cross. And because that's, that is the center point of my identity. And so, in other ways, like, we we can't we can't know Jesus outside of his death and sacrifice to the point where even narratively speaking, two stories I mean two different stories that come afterwards like Mary doesn't recognize him at the tomb thinks he's the gardener and then the two disciples on the road to Emmaus also don't recognize him.
1: Oh, my favorite passage. Yeah, the it's yeah. road to Emmaus is yeah. a great is yeah. a great story.
0: Yeah, but I I think I mean those stories stand as examples to say that we can we can follow. A particular Jesus, yeah, that ultimately,
1: ultimately, won't give us the eyes to see Jesus as He truly is. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. Like I, you know, you brought up the messianic secret, and I've pondered that, you know, and I thought. Yeah, you can understand Jesus apart from the cross, and certainly his closest disciples didn't want that kind of Jesus. You know, Mm -hmm. Peter says, no, this is not going to happen to you, and Jesus kind of rebukes him, right? He
0: wants to be second in command. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But the other part of it, too, is the witness that the disciples would give of who Jesus is, apart from the cross, is not the true witness of Christ. So so I've thought about the Messianic secret as also Jesus saying, you're not ready to really tell people who I am because you don't really know who I am. Yeah, yeah. You are refusing to see me in light of my hmm. messianic calling, yeah. which is not you know the victory that you 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 envision, but the cross. Mm-hmm. And I and I wonder if, if our Christian witness is not rooted fully in the cross and resurrection. Yeah. Whether when we present God in our world, when we present Christ in our world, if our representation of Christ mm. Is actually not complete. Yeah. Um, Hmm. There's a lot of hurting people in our world. You know, a lot of people who are living lives that are broken and shattered, experience loss. I think the Christian witness, rooted in an understanding of the sacrificial death of Christ, says that there's a God who not only understands that pain, but has gone there. Yeah. And yes, has been victorious over it. Yeah. Uh, but what a powerful witness of who Jesus is to see him in that way and to represent him in that way. Yeah. I think our Christian witness is then one of such honesty because pain is hard and loss and death and all of those things. And, yeah. And sometimes, I don't know, like I think that we lose the power of our witness when we actually don't stop at the cross. Yeah. So
0: I think resurrection then feels cheap. Yeah. If we don't honestly face things like Good Friday. Yeah. Like we can come into an Easter Sunday. I mean, some would maybe say like one of the most exciting Sundays of the year. Like there's not just because we often put our best foot forward, the church is extra clean, you know, we get like <laughs> lots of visitors on that day. But it you can come into those moments and feel like And I've heard I've heard friends honestly say this of church services like that. Say it just I don't feel like anybody understands. Mm -hmm. You know we go into those moments as if all the pain just melts away. Mm -hmm. If we just kept our eyes on Jesus, Mm -hmm. then it wouldn't hurt. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a I mean not only does that do a disservice to what the crucifixion has to offer, it does a disservice of what the resurrection has to offer too. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, then maybe pivoting our conversation towards Easter Sunday. So Mm -hmm. we'll have journeyed, I hope. Mm -hmm. I think we've journeyed well through this Lenten season. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope our Good Friday service is as meaningful as I know it can be. But then what does Easter Sunday have to offer us in light of all these things that we will have gone through these last seven weeks of Lent?
1: You know it's it's uh, yeah it's a great question. I w- I would say this and I'm just thinking about which text to preach on cuz there's yeah. two but you
0: don't always have it decided. Then. No I don't <laughs>
1: and and it's a John text and there's the Matthew text. But one of the things that happens before the crucifixion is that the disciples seem to kind of um fail, you know, yeah. in, in their following. Mm-hmm. And post resurrection. <laughs> The first thing Jesus starts doing is to pursue his disciples, hmm. to get close to them. Um, resurrection for me, resurrection Sunday for me, <laughs> makes me look at Jesus as the true savior. He is because, despite the failings of those who couldn't stay awake, yeah, those who denied those, you know, those who weren't there in his hour of need, the resurrected Christ that overcomes so much more than we perhaps tend to think comes and finds those he loves Hmm. because what God is doing is not just something that is done apart from his love for us. Yeah. And uh, the Matthew passage where he just says Mary, you know, names her, and the lights come on for her. Yeah. This is my <laughs> rabbi, my yeah. savior. I think resurrection for me, Sunday for me, has to feel more personal than perhaps I've made it before. Mm-hmm. It is that the Christ that overcomes Satan, sin, and death does it for me, for Ryan, yeah. <laughs> and for our world. Yeah. And, yeah. Hmm. maybe 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 succinctly put resurrection is about the God who comes to who has come as an incarnate son and then makes himself available to us post resurrection by his spirit because he's always desired to be with his yeah. creation yeah 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 i was I mean I
0: was moved this morning too as we were reading through those two passages, and um I think it's the John text where Jesus walks, walks them into the tomb and says, let's see where my body laid. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about all the things that in my life just cause nothing but pain, mm-hmm. relationships, expectations, mm-hmm. um, past hurt. And I've put those things in like metaphorical tombs. never I just lost our recording for a moment. I forgot to change the batteries, so need to get a good associate pastor to remember <laughs> to do that. But um, yeah, we we're just talking a little bit about, I think I was saying how have entombed things in my life, never expecting that resurrection could come from them. And so if I if this is the kind of res- res- resurrection I believe in, then it tethers me to those places. Mm-hmm. Um, it pulls me close. To say, even when it still hurts, um, I've got relationships in my life that still hurt. Hmm. But God binds me to them and says, one day, hmm. one day new
1: life will emerge. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, closing thought for me is I love the fact that Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, um, engages his disciples, goes to where they are and um i think that reminds us of the whole talus of all of this god with us emmanuel mm-hmm. it is the uh, theology behind everything that has been made from the beginning yeah. is that a god is the god of the universe is desired to be with his creation yeah out of love hmm. <laughs> and um yeah so on sunday may we anticipate seeing seeing christ in our midst in our circumstances and even in the symmetry, you know, of our life yeah, as well.
0: Yeah. So, so with great confidence and excitement, we will uh, profess what Christians all around the world profess this Sunday. So we mm-hmm. say He is risen.
1: He is risen indeed.
0: Yeah. Look forward to celebrating this week, our Good Friday service at 7 and our Resurrection Sunday service this Sunday at 1030. So hope you join us for both of those. Thanks for joining us this week. back.